I'm back, my friends. How are you? How have you been? Have you missed me? I know, I know, I know. In that last episode, I did say I would be broadcasting from the cruise ship. And I apologise profusely because I didn't. But dig, there's a reason for that, my friends. First of all, beige. If you don't know, if this is your first episode, welcome to Borderline. I'm your host, Danny Buckler. And in the previous episode, I spoke of a cruise ship that I was joining and an adventure that was in the offing and that I was going to be reporting back from it. But, oh God, this line, this line. I'm not knocking it. Very grateful of the work. I'll do it again. You know, especially in these COVID times. But this line, beige is the colour of both their ships and their mode. I was in this beige room, this metal box, the cabin they give you. It was quite nice. It was a guest cabin, but Jesus, it was beige. And that was that has an effect on a man's mind. And also, I tried. I really did. I had my stuff with me. I set the microphone up. I'm sat in front of the, uh, the MacBook Air, my travelling laptop of choice. And... Well, first things first, the first night I tried to do it, there was a hurricane. Now, you have to forgive me, but you may have, in fact, you did experience it. It hit the UK, whatever it was, that big storm in the UK about a week ago at the time of recording, that being the 20th of December, 2021, people from the, people from the future going back through the borderline archive, you found this podcast 50 episodes in, it's become your favorite groove and you're thinking, let's see what the early episodes were like. Welcome back here to the past. For those that are listening to current events, this metal, this this storm that hit the UK, um, you got the tail end of it. I was sat firmly in its ass. It was a, a nightmare of a thing. We were getting tossed hither, thither, and yon. Ten foot tall swells, and I felt every single one of them in my little beige cabin. You try doing twenty five minutes of off the cuff comedy while sat in a essentially a beige tumble dryer being bounced off the wall so there was that that put me off but also you get lulled into the vibe of the ship and the vibe of the ship was very much tea and biscuits of an afternoon you know there's the constant sound of as the, the, the brexity guests wander past you met some amazing people too not knocking the guests just but you do get lulled into that oh god your brain's going to sleep however saved i was Saved by hanging out with uh, beautiful men, incredible good times. My fellow guest entertainers were wonderful. I really lucked out. Two new friends I've made. Two people I didn't know before and I now class as proper friends. Wonderful they were. Bruce Anderson is a singer that if you've never heard him, do you know what? This is literally off the cuff and I've just sat down. I've not actually looked. Hopefully there's something of him on YouTube for you to go and see. I know he's got albums out on iTunes. Bruce Anderson, exceptional male vocalist and absolutely just, just brilliant. I mean, um, you know when someone does a song that you already know, you know, but like, but they, they do something with it that's unexpected and new. I'm just, as I'm talking, I'm having a quick look to see if he is on the, uh, the YouTubes. I don't want to give you false intel. I don't want to send you on a, on a ghost search. Hang on a second. Oh, unedited, unplanned, completely off the cuff. And I also make sure I'm giving you the right... Because there's a sportsman as well called Bruce Anderson. Bruce Anderson Music on uh, Instagram. Aye. He's got to be on there. Anyway, so... There's, you know, you've got, there's a song that you haven't even considered 
for years, and then someone puts a spin on it, and you hear it again, and you, you hear it with fresh ears. You, he does a version of Vienna. He does an awful lot of things. It's not just that. I mean, he's got a full show, but he does a version of Vienna. Powerful stuff, man. They just... Dun, 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 oh, just a big Welsh voice, massive heart powering it. Oh, you feel it in your own chest. Wonderful, wonderful singer. Um, and I tell you what, my friends, as a performance artist myself, there's something truly beautiful when you get a man's man. Do you know what I mean? A proper man, a man who can throw a punch. You know, a man you want behind you in a rugby scrum. A man's man, a man who drinks beer and, you know, is good crack and is, has had a life. Um, a man. The opposite of me is basically what I'm saying. You know, Batman rather than Joker. The opposite of me. <laughs> a unit. Getting on a stage and exposing his heart. That's one of the most powerful things you can possibly see in a theatre. And that is what Bruce Anderson does. He stands there and he just lets it out and you oh incredible so hanging out with him good times good laughs and also a comedian called jerry graham who i met ah different generation to me um you know a little further down the road than i am and uh with a show that is you know just beautiful beautiful and funny and true and moving and just great to see a comedian of that age, not that he's old, but of that age, older than me, and but still writing, still creating, still coming up with new stuff at that point in life is just expiring beyond belief, but also doing wonderful impressions, old school impressions too, ones that you don't hear now. Um, for that audience, that audience is of that age, so they, they, get, they get it, you know, it's, he knows what he's doing. Um beautiful work and a powerful powerful pair of pipes as well good singer too did a few tunes for us and again that was heartfelt i just i love them both we had a great time so that was beautiful they made the trip and everyone on the ship as well so many people i met i'll come up with stuff i'm sure i'll be talking about this over a couple of episodes but in the moment this is the christmas eve which is not the christmas episode i want to do one more before christmas but i'm trying to keep the get the christmas buzz going hmm I am determined that nothing spoil my Christmas spirit. I'm trying. I've, I've got it all turned on here. I've got a big old, big old saucepan full of borscht on the old hob. It's simmering away right now. I could smell it from here. Buckles is famous for his soup, so I'll be having some of that to restore the energy and power that I've lost to the food of the ship, which was tasty, but it's fairly safe to say devoid of nourishment. I need to restore myself ready for Christmas. And I'm well aware that me saying I'm getting all excited about Christmas is a bit like what you get in that Christmas week on EastEnders leading up to the Christmas Day episode. When he always got like, everyone's always going, you know, oh, it's going to be good Christmas this year with the family. We're all going to get together. This is going to be a great Christmas for the family. And what that always means is Christmas Day, murder. Someone's getting killed in Albert Square. And if they don't get killed, they're having a heart attack or a brain hemorrhage or something. It's never a good time in that. The only person who has a good Christmas in EastEnders is the Reaper himself. Anyway, but I'm in good vibes. Learned some stuff on the ship as well, my friends. Hanging out, having a laugh, watching things. I was, I was, whatever, two days ago, that was that many years old, when I learnt that I've been getting the lyrics to Sweet Caroline wrong my whole life long. My whole life, I've got the lyrics wrong to Sweet Caroline. That's a Mandela moment. 
I don't know if you're aware of the Mandela effect. And if you're not, Google that because it's terrifying. It's when you realise that you've been living, you think you've been living in one reality and you say to discover you're actually living in an alternative one. For example, uh, um, it's based on this idea. I might get this wrong. I haven't got the facts in front of me. This is off the cuff. But I think the gist is that when Nelson Mandela died, there was a good 20% of the population of the world that thought he died already. They thought he'd been gone for five years. For some reason, they just assumed, and they've been they've been living in a reality, a simulation, where Nelson Mandela was already dead. And then when he died, it was oh, I thought he was already dead. It snapped him out of it. But for the years up leading up to that, they thought he'd already gone. And there's a few of these things. Um, let me think. There's a famous one. C three PO from Star Wars. What color do you think he is? If you said gold, then welcome to the Mandela effect, because he isn't. Not entirely. Go back and have a look, mate. C-3PO from Star Wars has a silver leg. One of his legs is silver. I'm not making it up. Google the photographs. Have a look. And welcome to the Mandela Effect. You've been living your life under the illusion that C-3PO was gold. I have just reality shifted you into the reality that I live in where C-3PO has a silver leg. You're welcome. Welcome to mind mind messing central and he said the mind f word there but i'm very i'm still new to podcasting i'm not sure if i drop an f-bomb i'm gonna get you know a black mark or something so my mandela effect of the cruise ship was learning that i've been getting the lyrics to sweet caroline wrong all my life i always assumed that it was this warm touching warm Reaching out, touching me, touching you. Did you assume that as well? Because you're about to reality shift, my friends. You're about to quantum phase into a new reality where I found out the lyrics are actually one, touching one, reaching out, touching me. Yep, it's one. It's not warm. It's one, which does make more sense, by the way. I'm not quite sure what warm touching more means. Uh, make the joining of hands, I suppose. A beautiful sentiment at these times. But, um, or just vibes, the joining of vibes. Warm vibes meeting warm vibes, touching you, touching me. But no, it's one touching one, which makes more sense. And had I learned this, I'm watching the cast, the cast the, on the ship, the resident cast, were doing a cabaret night, pop music and stuff. They're all brilliant, by the way. Exceptional people that I've been working with. Exceptional, inspiring. Um, but they're singing the uh, Sweet Caroline, as is their one. It's a crowd pleaser. And bearing in mind the night before, Bruce had sung it in his show and he had sung warm, touching, warm. Because like me, we were living in that reality where that was the lyrics. But as they're singing it, they're holding their fingers up. One, touching, one. And as they're doing it, I'm seeing this and thinking, is this the lyrics? Is this how it actually goes? Right, to the internets. Got the internet out, had a quick go. Sure enough. Sure enough, my friends, one touching one. And me living my whole life, believing it was something else. It freaked me out, let me tell you. Oh, I'm so tired as well. This board line is coming to you sponsored by coffee. I'm knackered. And once again, unedited. I'm leaving the slurps in. I don't care. Oh, I'll slurp. I don't care. I'll get complaints. I've, heard, I've had them already. 
from one mate of mine. I mentioned it in the last episode. That slurping. When do you drink your coffee? It's really annoying. You'll edit that out. Really? Really? Or should I be a maverick? And you're lucky I'm not chewing M&Ms as I do it. Aye, the place puts you to sleep, but it was a good, it was very, very much carry on cruising on there. I mean, the decor and everything, this, this, this cruise line is very firmly rooted in the 70s and the decor is, is according, which is what the guests want, by the way. I'm sure that's why they're so popular with that age group slash demographic, because they're revisiting the decade when they were at their best. Which is um, which is interesting. But what I find odd is that generation, right? So it's all beige and you know, ugh, and you keep thinking, you lot. I'm looking at these people, and it's all you know. I mean, they're wandering around, moaning and groaning, and it's these and the seventies. You know what I mean? You had the best of it, man. The sixties, that music, that that wonderful vibe, the color, the the, the drugs. The drugs of the 60s. Presumably you people, when you were young in the 60s, somebody was taking them. I've seen the documentaries. There were an awful lot of people, you know, being all kind of cool in 60s. Terry and Julie, Waterloo Sunset. I mean, you know, Timothy Leary and all that. You, you obviously weren't them because you lot are so, you know, down on anything colourful. Where have that lot gone? What cruise ship are they on? The fun people of the 60s. What did you forget? Is that what happens to you when you get older? You forget the fun bit? Unbelievable. But there you go. I mean, like, like I get in a lift. There's a karaoke night on board. And as far as I'm concerned, karaoke, that's anybody's game. You fancy a sing, up you you get, have a go. It's fun. It's just fun. It's not about being in tune or being put. It's about having a laugh. I don't even remember that. But having a laugh, you know, enjoying yourself, enjoying your experience. You want to have a sing and, you know, you've never trained, but you can get up on a karaoke night. I want to sing this and you can sing it. You know what I mean? Judgment free. Though I was a victim of the karaoke wars in Woking back in my youth. They were, oh, that, that was blood sport. There were groups that would go to all the karaoke nights and she didn't like him and they didn't like her. And they all had their songs and they got very protective of it. And, you know, they thought they were actually in, they were living the X Factor as a lifestyle. And then back to work at Tesco's the next day. But, um, so yeah, so anyone can have a go at the old karaoke. And I find it, in, I like doing it because I find it intimidating. You know, I find it scary. And because I am on stage all the time and I'm so used to that, it's nice to feel that little tingle of, ooh, I'm not sure about this. Um, so I get up on the karaoke night for a laugh, for a laugh. And I do a Beatles song. I do I Am The Walrus, uh, a favourite song of mine. Fantastic, thunderous version, by the way, by Jim Carrey on an album called In My Life, if you can track that down, which is fairly easy. I've told you what it's called. Stick it into iTunes. George Martin did an album of weird covers of Beatles songs, the Jim Carrey. I am Anyway, there's a few others on there. And I like that song. I like that version of it too. So I give it a bit of I Am The Walrus, and I quite like doing voices, and I like mucking about and dancing around, and I quite like making people laugh. Having a good time. The crowd cheers at the end. Thank you, I'm Buckles. Um... Get in the lift and there's an, uh, I see a lady come into the lift. So I hold the lift for her and she gets, thank you. She's next to me. The lift door's shut. She's looking forward. I'm looking forward. But you know when you know. 
you know that she's going to say something and she's itching to say it. She wants to give me an opinion about me. You can feel it. It's a weird. Any performers who happen to be listening to this know what I'm talking about, man. It's the force. She want, And I don't want to hear her opinion because it's going to be bad. On there, they're not afraid to tell you they hate the thing. I know it's going to be. And then just as the lift door opens and she steps out, she goes, I didn't like your singing. And she walks off like, jeez. And I tell you, that's how I know that I'm approaching enlightenment because as early as two years ago, that would have sent me back to my cabin to hide. I would have been devastated. And all I did, but this this time, no, 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 no. Non-duality, all there is is what's happening now. All I am is a cloud of vapour. Thoughts, sensations arising in the pure awareness, as are you, by the way. And if you have a look, you'll find that's true. But her words went through me like... And found nowhere to stick. She lives in my. She, she does not live in my head, rent free. Even though she did emerge in the course of this, but this is entertainment, mate. It's, you know what I mean. This is alchemy. I'm turning lead into gold. Her, I'm turning her lead into comedic gold. Have that. Carry on cruising. I can't get that out of my head. I was on that line before with another mate, another singer mate, and he said it's like carry on cruising on here, and that's all I think when I go on there now. I'm walking up the gangplank on this particular high quality line, and my in my head, all I'm thinking is bum, 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 bum. imagining Sid James is waiting for me as the cruise director. <laughs> there is a carry on cruising. I saw it. There is a carry on cruising. Kenneth Williams played no. Sid plays the captain. Who does Kevin Williams play? Anyway, there is one of the carry-on films is set on a cruise ship. And a very, very special episode of Columbo is on a cruise ship as well. It's the one where Robert Vaughan plays the killer. And uh, Patrick McNee's in it as the captain. And uh, and I believe a friend of mine's in it, Jamie Michael Stewart, a singer that I work with. He's um in it as playing the singer. He's the lounge singer in the bar in one scene. I have to rewatch that and make sure he's in it. I think he's, that's, he's in it. I know he's in it. I'm, I'm sure he plays the singer. Um, I'll have a look and I'll get back to you on that one. But it's a cracking Columbo. It's where Robert Vaughan does a popper to fake a heart attack in the swimming pool as his alibi. And then Columbo finds, because back in the day, the, the pup was, he broke it and snorted it. And, um, and then he fakes a heart attack and uh, Columbo finds the glass. And no, that's how I knew, sir. You didn't have a heart attack, sir. That's how I knew you had a popper. And the only person on the ship with a... <laughs> You snorted amyl nitrate. And that's how I knew it was you. Busted. Eat no fingerprints or any other evidence of any kind, sir. But this was enough for me to know. It had to be you. Oi, man. Beige, solitary, beige solitary confinement. That's what it was. But good times were had. So I've gotten back. I'm exhausted, mind you. I've got that jet lag you get when you're not jet lagged. Just had to be up at had to be up at seven thirty this morning to get off the ship, and uh, got a lift home off Jerry. Very kind of him because I couldn't face Southampton, but uh, Southampton station. But it's that weird jet lag. You know, your brain messes with you. You knows it knows you've got to get up so it won't let you go to sleep. You know, you, 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 it's, it's ten o'clock at night. You could get eight hours. You could get a solid night's sleep and be fresh as a daisy the next day, but your brain goes, oh no, son, you suffer. You stay up all night. Here's highlights from your past. Um, and then until it gets to about 5, 5 a.m., 5.30, it's about an hour and a half until you've got to actually get up 
And then it decides it's time for a coma. Then it unleashes its melatonin dump, and that's you gone. Bang! Out like a light. Exactly where you don't want to. When you want to be coming to, you're going down. So when the alarm goes off at seven, it's maximum... You know? Maximum heart attack. That's how you fake a heart attack. You set your alarm. You don't need no ammo nitrate, Columbo. That's how you do it. That was Robert Vaughan's mistake. You just need to take a nap and set an alarm for an awkward time. Columbo couldn't have found that. <laughs> That's how I knew, sir. He had to be off the ship at 7am. And that's why you had the heart attack, sir. I wish I could do a decent Columbo. Or any decent impressions. I was this much old, by the way. Not a Mandela effect, but I was this, this many days old when I found out that the episode of Columbo that was written for... Uh, the magic episode. A lot of magicians have seen it. Set in the magic castle. Um, Jack Cassidy plays the great Santini in this particular episode. Brilliantly. Brilliant. Oh, fan favourite, Jack Cassidy. A fan favourite killer. Big favourite of me and Alfie Joey, a friend of mine and fellow Columbo aficionado. Um, that script was not written, though, for Jack Cassidy. He was second choice. And he's brilliant, but, and he's the right choice. He's perfect in that part. I take nothing away from Jack Cassidy as the great Santini in that episode. But it was written for Orson Welles. And the only reason Wells didn't do it was money. He just wanted about a couple of thousand dollars more than they were willing to offer. And, I, and you know what I mean? It's Orson Wells, mate. Find the money. It's Orson Wells. Have a whip round. Can you imagine that? Orson Wells versus Peter Fork in Columbo. That would have been incredible. <laughs> right, Columbo. <laughs> you seek to match wits with Orson Wells. You know, sir, I knew it had to be you because I saw Citizen Kane and in that film, you were incredible. But then you made Transformers the movie. So I knew that something had gone wrong and that's how I knew it was you, sir. Bravo, Inspector. That's the worst, Orson Welles. I'm desperately trying to get an Orson Welles. I could do Orson Welles as Unicron, as I demonstrated last podcast. I can do Orson Welles doing Unicron from Transformers the movie. Megatron. There you go. Go and have a look at Unicron from Transformers the movie 1984 on YouTube and tell me that is not the best impression you've ever heard. But proper Orson Welles. Everyone just thinks it's kind of down here. It's sort of at the back of the throat. As well as down, the funding had fallen through on Don Quixote. But I can't get it low enough. I lack the register. This is not what you're tuning into, me trying to do bloody awful impressions. So yes, my friends, Boardline is back on. That's this week's episode so far. I'll do another one of these. I'm home alone. The housemates have all fled and I've got to wait for a PCR test. Again, listening from the future, welcome to the past. This was recorded during the plague year. So I've got to wait in for permission to go out. Um, quite right too, mate. Quite right too. Don't want to, you know... Wait until I got the all clear. Um, I'm vaxxed. I'm masks. I'm all of it. And um, when I've got the all clear. But until then, I'm stuck home. So guess what? Borderline. I'm doing this. Um, oh, oh, oh. And also, depending on when you hear this, if, if you're in time, you know I talk about the old non-duality quite a bit and the mind, the, the mindful meditation-y type stuff. I've got a group on Facebook, Danny Buckler's Magical Multiverse, just for that slightly weirder 
part of my personality that I keep private. You know, a man's spiritual search is his own. But I do little meditation workshops, things of this nature, and I'm doing a little one free. Come in. Danny Buckler's Meditation Magic Hangout. It's on the 22nd of December. You've got to join the Facebook group. That's the only requirement. And then it's on a Zoom. So find it on Facebook. Danny Buckler's Magical Multiverse is the name of the group. And that's going to be on the 22nd at 8 o'clock p.m. GMT. If you're listening to this episode past that date, then obviously it's been and gone. And we had a fantastic time. Um, and there you go. I'm home. Borderline.